This is Books of Titans, the podcast dedicated to the influences of influencers. The books that have helped shape prominent inventors, business leaders, athletes, intellectuals, scientists, and others. We'll talk about what makes these books such classics and at least attempt to have an intelligent discussion about what makes them so important and influential. Hello, this is Eric Rostad coming to you right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Today, I have a special episode. Every two weeks, I release a podcast that covers a book I've read. I talk about that book and I share the one thing that I hope to always remember. But with this episode, I'm just going to slide one in between those two books and give a, a status update on the reading project for 2020. If you're unfamiliar with the Books of Titans, this is actually a a reading project, and I started it in 2017. My main overarching goal for the whole project is to seek truth through the world's best books. To seek truth through the world's best books. I do that by challenging myself to read 52 books per year, so one a week, over a variety of topics and types of books, and then put practice in the practices into place to help me remember what I read. I don't want to spend a bunch of time reading only to forget everything I've read. So one of those practices is to cover the books on this podcast. It's one of the things that helps me remember what I read. I also do a lot of experiments with this project to to see how I remember books in, in different formats in where I remember them better. So for instance, I in the past have tested digital versus physical books. So reading on the iPad versus buying the the book. And I found that that for me, I need to read a physical copy of the book. And so I need to, to, to buy the book. I need to have a pen in hand. I need to be marking it up. And there's something about seeing it on a page where I remember it better than than on an iPad. Same with audiobooks. I'd love to have the ability to to have audiobooks playing and, and to remember them, but I, I have a hard time listening and remembering what I listen. And I think part of it is I, I need to see the words. And so I notice that if I listen to an audiobook, I have a hard time remembering it. But if, if it's a physical book and I'm interacting with it and underlining and taking notes, then I have a better chance of, of remembering it. I know other people are the exact opposite. They, they do better reading on an iPad or a Kindle and they do better listening to audiobooks. Uh, but that is not me, but that is, you know, through ex- experimentation, uh, that's, that's what I've come to, to find out. So it's a project where I have these challenges in place, but I also am doing experiments along the way just to, to see what works and what doesn't. So we're a little over the midway point of, of 2020. Uh, so I just want to take stock of where I am. And this helps me to, to it just helps to keep me accountable, uh, it, keep me on, on task and, and that sort of thing for this, this project. So I wanted to share that. So in this episode, I will talk about the current status at the midpoint of the year, give some personal updates, cover my favorite books so far for this year, and then highlight two lessons that I've seen come up in a number of the books. So let's get on to the current status. Uh, so far, I've read 22 books. And I want to read 52. So I have 30 to go. And we're at the midpoint of the year. But I don't like to look at number of books read and and have that be the gauge because some of the books are over a thousand pages and some of them are are under three hundred pages. So what is better to do is to total the number of pages. So if I look at the fifty two books that I have on my list for this year, and I do set them in advance, I I decided what I was going to read this year uh, last year, 
And so I've got that 52 books. If I add all the pages together for those books, it is 17,461 for this year. As of today, I've read 7,581 of those pages. So that is 43%. But we're 56% of the way into the year. So this is not good. I'm, I'm quite a bit behind. Uh, but the other thing I do is, is I figure out how many pages I need to be reading per day. And so remember, the total pages is 17,461 for my 52 books. If I divide that by 366, which are the number of days in this year, because it's a leap year, I need to be reading 48 pages per day to get through all of the books on my list. Right now, I'm at 37. So, so far, uh, I think we're in day 205 of the year. I have averaged 37 pages per day, but I need to be at 48 pages. So since I'm behind, if I look at the remaining 161 days for this year, I need to be reading 61 pages per day to get through the, the remaining 30 books. That is going to be really hard to do. I've been averaging 37 to somehow jump to 61 for the remainder of the year. It's going to be tough. Uh, so I may not get there, but, you know, it's, it's, it's been a good year whether I get through all the books or not. Uh, so I, I try not to be too hard on myself. And to know that even even at reading 22 that's more books than i would have read in the past and it's more books than i that i than i would have read without this project in place and the goal of of reading 52 books also my first book this year was the bible i've never read through the bible straight through and it's really hard to average 48 pages per day in the bible i mean each page just I had to read reread some paragraphs uh, three times and and just I, I wanted to take it slowly. I was looking the locations up on the map. I was trying to to find if I knew that I'd read that verse in another part, like to make the connection. And so I took my time. I took a lot of notes. And so I averaged 30 pages per day when I was reading the Bible. And that it took me two months to read the Bible. It took, it, it took me January 1st through February 29th. And it was 104 hours, 25 minutes of reading time during, during that time. So yes, I want to read 52 books and it's not all that smart to put the Bible as your first book when you're trying to get through 52, especially when it takes two months. But I did it and I'm really happy I did it. I've, I've wanted to read the Bible straight through like that for a long time and I just never have. And I don't think I ever would have were it not for this project. I've also read Crime and Punishment this year. Uh, that was one of the first novels I ever read 20 years ago. It, it, it had a big impact on my reading life. And so this is the first time I, I reread it. Uh, I, I read The Aeneid for the first time by Virgil and reread The Great Gatsby after first reading it in high school and hating it. I, I reread it and, and really enjoyed it this year. So despite being way behind, I, I am really happy that I've read those those particular books. Uh, it's also been a really tough year um, with, with COVID and the protests and news. I, I, I have 10 rules for reading and I've broken some of those rules. Uh, I, I talk about those rules in another episode. If you're interested, I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes. But one of my rules is to to not read the news and, and, and 
certainly not to watch the news on on the TV. And I've broken that rule this year, uh, especially in March and April, just with everything going on. It's really concerned with with everything going on. So I I I, uh, I did spend a lot of time reading news, and that cut into to reading time. And then also just work has been really crazy this year. And um, I've been staying up late working. And so one thing that that has taught me is those rules I have in place are very helpful. And also having a routine in place is very important for achieving my reading goals. Uh, I like to read in the morning, I like to get up before my family, brew some coffee, uh, drink that coffee and, and read, and then go out on a run. And if I don't do those things early in the morning, I they will not get done during the day. And if I'm up late working or you know, looking at news or something, uh, it's going to be harder to get up early to to read. So just having that routine of of reading and, and running in the morning is really important to this this entire project. So I, I, that's one thing that that's really stuck out to me this year is, is the importance of, of having that routine in place and how that really impacts the entire project. So next we'll get into just some personal updates and then uh, some of my favorites of the books I've read for this year. I start each episode and I say, I'm coming to you right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. And that's going to change because this upcoming week, I am moving. I'm still going to be in the Nashville area. And in fact, I'm going to be closer to Nashville. But uh, my wife came into my office about a month and a half ago. And she said, I think we need to move. And she is really wise on these types of things. And, and so I said, all right. And so we uh, we uh, started moving forward with that and uh, sold our house and are moving to Franklin, Tennessee. And Franklin is where we wanted to be. And so this is a good move for us. It's actually going to put us closer to where our daughters will be in school. And it'll put us two miles from downtown Franklin, Tennessee, which is kind of like old, old America. Uh, you know, it's like, it's got a main street and the buildings are two stories tall and they were built in the late 1800s, early 1900s. Just kind of, you, you go there and you feel like you've stepped back in time a little bit. And I, I love it there. And I could see myself living there for the rest of my life. So we've been living in Spring Hill, Tennessee. And so I say right outside of Nashville, Tennessee, because people don't know Spring Hill, but uh, Nashville is is pretty well known. And so, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start saying Franklin, Tennessee, because I'm really happy that we're moving to Franklin. And there are a lot of authors in Franklin, my uh, favorite bookstores in Franklin, and I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about this move. So... That's coming up. I'll be moving next week. And then from then on, you will hear coming to you right from Franklin, Tennessee. As part of that move, I'm going to need to build some custom bookshelves in this new house. So the, the house we're moving into is ha has a little higher ceilings. And so that my current bookshelves are going to be quite short. And also my new office is going to be smaller than my current office. So I need to go higher up. And so my current setup with my current bookshelves is not going to work in the new house. And I, I, I want to do a kind of a custom setup where I can have a spot to record the podcast, uh, have a spot to work, and then also have the bookshelves in, in this new office. So if you would like to be a part of that, 
and you have, uh, if you have a desire to support the podcast any, in any way, I have two different options for you now. And any, anything that comes in is just going to go directly to the building of this library and, and the new studio for, for the Books of Titans podcast. So if you would like to support, you can go to booksoftitans.com forward slash support. And you can either, you can do one of two things. One, I just have a straight up donation form. You can put in the amount that you want it to give. And I will keep you updated on the, the progress of, of the new library. The other way you can support the podcast is you can buy books from my website, the Books of Titans website. So I've partnered with, uh, it's called bookshop.org and also with Amazon. So if you go to any of the book pages on my website and you uh, see a button that says purchase book or purchase audiobook, those will either take you to bookshop.org or to Amazon. And if you then purchase the book, that will that will send a little money my way for for your purchase. So if you're planning on buying a book and uh, it, you just you, you can go to my website and, and purchase it that way, and that will help support this podcast. I like to think of it as a, a value for value model, where if you're getting value out of the podcast, if you want to return any of that that value, I would greatly appreciate it. And um, I'm excited about building these uh, these new bookshelves, but I, I will need help to do that. So also just wanted to give a quick update on the the website. I have been adding in my reading time per book before I didn't have that. And since I've been tracking that now for over a year, if you go to the website, any book from like uh, April or March or April of last year uh, through now, if you click on the individual book page as part of my reading list, you will see how long it took me to read each book. And I want you to know that I, I, I consider myself a slow reader. Uh, that time also includes taking notes in the back of the book, looking things up and that sort of thing. And I am not a speed reader and don't ever plan to be or want to be. And so that number should give you a really good idea of a kind of a, a range of, of how long it will take you to read the book. And just keep in mind that the average American watches four and a half hours of TV per day. And the numbers for use of social media and phones is even higher. So if you were just to even cut TV time or phone time in half, that would open up a lot of time for you. And then just by going to the to, to the website and seeing how long it took to read these books, it'll give you an idea like, you know, I could probably get through this in a couple of days, uh, or I could get through this one in a week or, or even a day. So... Uh, I'm, I'm going to add that in, in my plan is to actually have a, a chart that just shows reading time for, for all the books. So be on the lookout for that. I'm also in the process of revamping uh, the list of all books ever suggested in the Tim Ferriss Show podcast. Uh, that's a running list I keep on the website. It's the only full list that I'm aware of online. So anytime uh, a guest is on the Ferris podcast and they suggest books or discuss books, I add those to the list. So the other thing that does is it shows you some of the world's top performers, and you can get an idea of what are the top books that that all of these people have, have recommended, and it might help you get uh, a good list of, of books to read. So now I uh, just want to talk about some of my favorites for the year so far. Uh, I've got three that, that really stand out, and, and of course I, I have to say the, the Bible uh, that was just such an experience to read it from from the front to the back. The thing that stuck out to me the most in that was just you've got a book compiled of of fifty six different books written over 
hundreds of years by multiple authors, and it all ties together. And while I was reading it, I, I was just thinking that would be even even like in today's age with all our technical sophistication, if we were to get 56 different people into a room, and I realize that some of the books of the Bible were written by the same people, but just, just for argument's sake, you got 56 people in a room and, and you split up the writing of a book. And one person was to take the poetry section. One person was to write his, his history. One person was to write uh, a, just a narrative of what's going on. Another one was to write a, a, a tale of, of a broad range of history. One was to write a book about one family. What, you know, what, if, what are the chances that you would get this group of 56 people into a room and then say everything has to connect with each other? And for that to be pulled off in, into a, a complete book, like that would be impossible even if everyone was alive at the same time and you could talk to each other. So for it to be over all these different years and, and for it to tie together is just astounding. So Bible, one of my favorites and just a, an amazing experience. I really enjoyed reading the Aeneid, uh, another, you know, 2000 plus year old book. Um, and Oh, I, I loved it. And the version I had, it, it listed all the, the different gods in the back. And so while you're reading them, you could you could look and see what uh, their, the Greek name was for that same god, because the Aeneid is the, the, the Latin version of the, of the name, the, the Roman. Uh, so really enjoyed that. But in, in, I, I kind of think, you know, if the, the desert island question, like what book would you bring? If, if I was stuck on a desert island the rest of my life, if I had the Bible and, and the Aeneid, I think I would be set because the Aeneid is just one where you can, you could just keep getting, getting stuff out of it. And, and you could be learning about the different characters and gods and all the different lands that they're in. It, it, it could just keep going on forever. And the, and the same with the Bible, like you could just keep reading it and catch new things every time. Uh, so those were two of my favorites. And then a third one is the great Gatsby. And i I, I loved it. If, if you missed that episode, I encourage you to, to listen to that one. Uh, read the book first before you listen to the episode. But it just, it, it, it captured something I've been thinking about a lot. And fiction just has a way of getting in you that nonfiction doesn't. And so my reading of The Great Gatsby this time was, was it, it just hit me. So that goes into my, my next set of books that surprised me this year. And The Great Gatsby is one of those because I read it in high school and I hated it. And this was one of those experiments to see if reading it for fun would be a different experience. And it was. I loved it. Another surprise book was Destiny Disrupted. And Destiny Disrupted is a view of history through Islamic eyes. And so the book starts with the, the start of Islam and then talks about history from that vantage point. Uh, one one idea there is they they don't call it the Middle East because the East would would mean that there's a West that is of some importance and there it, there wasn't a West of some importance because the East was the world the East for for they called the Middle World and they they conquered most of the the known world at that time and so that was the center of the world and but so to view it from that point and then when the Western powers start to to gain influence and, and 
uh, start to take over that area, uh, just to see it from that point of view, it really helped me to understand how maybe in the past uh, I would see I would see something in the news and be like, how how would how would people seeing things that way? Uh, but this book helped me to to see that. Uh, another surprise was Highlander's Last Song. That was by George MacDonald, who is my wife's favorite author and is George uh, is C.S. Lewis's favorite author as well. Uh, C.S. Lewis called him his master. And this was a work of fiction, the, the Highlander's Last Song. And it just, it was one of those books where I wanted to be the protagonist. I wanted to be the main character. Like he, he was so attractive of a person in a man of faith and a strong character, like I, in obviously with it with foibles and, and problems, but it's one of those books where y- you wanted to be that person. Like you don't read The Great Gatsby and be like, but I, I really want to be like Gatsby. Uh, but The Highlander's Last Song, you, you want to be like, like the person you're reading about. And then the other surprise was uh, Permanent Record by by Snowden. I covered that in the last episode of the podcast. I do, the thing that surprised me was just how the whole thing that got things going for him was being, I guess, being confronted with the oath he took to the Constitution and knowing that what he was doing in his work was against that. For the remainder of the year, the 30 books I have remaining, here are the ones that I am most excited about. First up, I'm reading the entire Narnia series. And so that will cover seven books. That is The Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. Um, My earliest memories are trying to read those books by the light of my fish tank in my bedroom while my parents thought I was sleeping. And so uh, this will be the first time I've ever read the entire Narnia series. So I'm really looking forward to that. My daughter is also getting into that and she's listening to those books right now and so I'm looking forward to to reading them I may read them with her uh, but or at least I'll be able to to discuss them uh, since she's she's constantly listening to them as well another one I'm excited about is the wind-up bird chronicle by Haruki Murakami I read my first Murakami book last year killing Commendadore and so this will be my well actually my third I, I read his book on running but this will be my second novel by him and I, I just, I like his books because he, he's talking about music the whole time. And so when I read Killing Commendadore last year, I, I, whatever music he was talking about, I would put that on. It would be opera, jazz, classical. And so I, I, I got some new music to listen to and it was just a, it was just a cool experience. So I, I, I really enjoyed that. Another book I have coming up is The Romanovs. And that is one, I, I don't know much about Russian history, so just excited about that one. And then uh, a, a final book that I'm really looking forward to is the biography about Frederick Douglass uh, called Prophet of Freedom. And so I read the, 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 the book by Frederick Douglass last year, Narrative of the Life of Frederick Douglass. Uh, but this book w- will be more of a biography about him. And so I'm, I'm curious to, to learn more about his life. Uh, next up, uh, well, right now I'm reading Storm-Tossed Family by Russell Moore, and that that has been really good. I, I may cover that on a, on a podcast episode coming up. And I'm also breaking another one of my rules, my 10 rules for reading, in that I'm reading two books at the same time. But there's a reason for that. Um, 
again, it, by, by experimenting, I've found that if I read more than one book at a time, I have a hard time remembering the books. But one of my books on the list this year, book 23, is Euclid's Elements. And that is a book of nearly 500 pages of geometry problems. I was bad at math. And so this is an attempt to to see if I can just kind of pick up math from a book that's 2,000 years old. And so I'm going through Euclid's Elements, but I, I'm not just going to sit through and, and do 500 pages of, of geometry. So I'm going to try to do a few pages of that per day and, and it, while I'm reading the other books. So Euclid's Elements is book 23. Book 24 is Storm Tossed Family. Uh, I, I should finish that tonight. And then uh, the next up after that is Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne Collins. And that is the prequel to the Hunger Games series. So there are three Hunger Games books. This is the prequel, and it just came out in May of this year. So that's uh, coming up, up next for me. Now on to the final segment and here are some lessons I've gotten out of the books this year. One uh, really cool part of this project is just to see different ideas come across in a variety of books. These could be different types of books, different um, covering different topics. I mean, they could be nonfiction and fiction, but you see these different ideas weaving through all the books. And it, it helps me remember these ideas and then as I'm already thinking of them, it just helps reinforce the ideas or to even think about them in a different way. So I, I want to highlight two of those ideas that I've seen come up in a lot of the books. And, and these are two ideas I've been thinking about a lot this year. So the first one is the importance of having a higher purpose. Let me dig into that one a little bit. And I'm going to actually go in the the first book I'm going to discuss here is the last book I read in 2019. So I'm cheating a little bit by not just referencing books from this year, but the first one is The Gulag Archipelago by Solzhenitsyn. And he makes the point that he, he well, he, he is a prisoner in a gulag and going through some of the worst torture you can imagine. And he says that he is not the one getting punished. The ones getting punished are the guards, the guards who are inflicting the torture upon the prisoners, because he says there is a soul and there, and, and so looking at it from that side of things, the guards are losing their soul. He said they're becoming like pigs, but through the suffering, Solzhenitsyn was becoming, he, he was he was growing as a, as a person and his soul was growing. And so he pointed to this higher thing that totally flipped around the situation because everyone looked at the guard. Like if you were a good guard, you could move up and get more money and, and have more prestige. And, you know, you're not, you're not suffering in a prison, you're in charge of the prison. And so from all appearances, it would look like the guard is, is gaining, but in, in actuality, and with there being a soul, Solzhenitsyn says, it's the prisoner who is gaining and gaining their soul. Uh, next book that comes up with this, uh, in the importance of hi- having a higher purpose, is the last one I read, Permanent Record by Edward Snowden. And as I highlighted in that 
podcast episode, he points to the Constitution, and the Constitution is what, the and the oath that he took to that, to support the Constitution, is what made him want to reveal what what he was seeing and what he was a part of. If if he had not taken that oath, the, uh, we would not have the book. We would not have what Edward Snowden did. Uh, there, he would not have had the reason to to do that. And so he that that was the spark was reading the Constitution and knowing that he had taken an oath to that. And it made me remember or think about Martin Luther King Jr. because that was one thing he did as well is he would he would say you america you are not living up to your ideals your ideals are from the founding of this nation here are here are the ideals you're not living up to them and what's really cool is the book i'm reading right now the storm tossed family russell moore talks about martin luther king junior also talking about a higher purpose even even you know, higher than, than our founding, uh, in the constitution, but of, of God and God's justice and that being a higher purpose. And so again, just the importance of being able to, to point to that and, and to, to have something to, to point to. And I just think of even, even for companies or organizations or groups to have, to have something higher than just the group or company or, or, or organization itself. I mean, I, I think mission statements are, are cheesy and so often they are, they're, they're bad and people in the company don't even know what they're about, but there's gotta be something like that, that is at a higher level than just making money or, or getting together. Like there's, there's got to be this higher purpose. And I'm just seeing that in so many different books and, and, seeing it come up in, in so many different, different ways. So that's, uh, that's, that's one that, um, that's, that's the first idea. And I also want to compare that to something I've, I saw in Homo Deus by Yuval Noah Harari, where he took this, he, he said there is no soul. And so within two pages, he, he, destroyed the soul and then just went on with the rest of the book as if there was no soul. And I know he was doing that on purpose because he was taking a lot of the ideas that are commonplace and, uh, you know, but he was taking it as, as if there is no soul, here is the logical outcome of that. If, if that is not the case, but the way he just dismissed it, it was, it was really abrupt. And, and so it, it, it showed the comparison of the the books I mentioned at the beginning, where having that higher purpose to point to really made all the difference. Like you would not have the Gulag Archipelago without without the soul. You would not have permanent record without the Constitution. And to be able to compare that in Homo Deus, where he takes out the soul towards the beginning of the book, and then you see the ramifications for that. Uh, just, I guess, seeing the opposite side is, was, was really interesting. I did not read Homo Deus this year. That was uh, a couple years ago. But, um, but again, I just, you see these ideas come up in a lot of different books and in a lot of different ways. So that was the first idea. The second idea is the, uh, the idea of narrative and how it impacts news. Uh, so let me explain this one as well. I, I guess, 
it it's interesting to see a news story and to see it on different channels. So if you just do a experiment, I'm, I'm sure we've all done this where, you know, you turn on one channel and you see them talking about a news story and you turn on another channel and you're, you're kind of wondering, are they talking about the same thing? It, it seems like they are. I mean, they're, they're talking about the same people, but it's vastly different here of, of what I'm hearing. So why is that? And what I'm, what I'm starting to see and what's coming up in a lot of, a lot of the books is that each of these news organizations has to have a narrative that they are that every news story has to fit through. So there are good guys and there are villains. And so for one organization, uh, one person may be the most evil villain in the world. And in the other side, that person may be the savior, the best person. Uh, but everything has to fit through this narrative. And I've even seen that come up uh, in, in different podcast episodes I've listened to where uh, there was one in particular where, where the gentleman said he used to work in a news organization and, and he wrote an article a certain way and he said, that's not what our audience, that's not how our audience thinks. And so it's not it's not even some evil plot by by news organizations to try to present things a certain way. It's they're trying to cater to a certain crowd that that they view life through this narrative. So whether it's news or just how you view the world, we're all operating off some sort of a narrative. And this came into play a lot when I read Destiny Disrupted earlier this year. That's that was the one I, I told you about earlier. That was a surprise book for me. And uh, viewing the world through Islamic eyes. And, and, and in that book, he talks a lot about that, of of having narratives. And, and your narrative for how history works, that determines how you see things and how you see different major events in, in history. Uh, one side may see it a certain way and the other side, the complete opposite way, but the, the narrative is what is driving that. Uh, and I also saw this come up quite a bit in my hinge book, which was the sacred romance. And I covered that in an earlier episode, but that, that book is about having a specific narrative that you, that kind of sets you in motion for everything you read. Uh, there, there's kind of a narrative fueling that. And so we all are operating off of some narrative. I think it's, it's, it's helpful and important to see things from other narratives. And even if you think those narratives are wrong, it, it will at least help you to see how somebody could view things or a particular topic a certain way. So again, just another idea that I'm seeing come up a lot. I'm thinking about it a lot. I'm concerned about it just because the the narratives we're operating by are are so vastly different that it, it's hard to know, it's hard to talk to people anymore because it, uh, these narratives are so off. So how can we even be making connection points between these different narratives? Uh, so. Something I'm thinking about. If if you have any ideas I'd, I'd, uh, on on either of these these two lessons I've I've been seeing, I'd love to hear your thoughts as well on that. That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for listening. I'd love to hear from you, um, especially on these these lessons I've I've been learning. If if you're seeing similar things, uh, or if you know of uh, another book that 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 talks talks about those ideas, I, I'd love to know. You can email me at eric at booksoftitans.com. I also have my my mailing address on the website on the contact page and so you can send me a letter you can follow books of titans on instagram or twitter and the website is stock full of resources to help you find 
books and to create a year a yearly reading list i'll be back next week discussing range from my 2020 reading list by david epstein and until then keep reading keep learning and keep listening i'm out